on today's program amen and i would tell somebody in the house tonight that's been struggling amen facing miracles amen that have not yet come to pass promises that's been spoken amen maybe for years months amen whatever the case may be amen that there's an odor of unpleasantness or pleasantry or whatever the correct terminology would be that's attached to that miracle that stinks amen there's a stench amen that's attached amen to your miracle it's gotten to the point that some of you amen just despise even thinking about it all of that and more next on today's truth. Has God ever failed us? Has God ever left us? Has He ever forsaken us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love my pastor. They are in a hotel room in Houston with a beautiful view right now. They will be headed out early tomorrow morning. They will be headed out early tomorrow morning to fly back. Keep them in your prayers. Keep Brother Tommy, Sister Bobby. I think they're starting their journey tonight, at least part of it. I think Brother Timmy and Sister Alice will be headed back Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Just remember all of them. Amen. Because when you get out on the road, you ain't just covering yourself but all the craziness around you amen so but God's gonna protect all of them I give honor to them I love them love my beautiful wife amen it blows my mind how great God is the favor of God amen I have uh, spent a little bit over three weeks with her now not having to work got this week which I'm sure will be filled with anxiety thinking about it being my last week before heading back to work. But you know what? I'm thankful that I have the job I have. Amen. The job that where I have favor. And uh, although my desire is to serve the church full time, be with her full time. Amen. That'll happen eventually. I'm just thankful that God has blessed me with the job and the provision. God is good. I love you, church. Amen. I love vacation with my wife, but there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord with my church. Love y'all so very much. Give honor to you. Um, we've been talking about miracles and seasons and faithfulness and faith and all this a lot. And I'm going to continue that a little bit tonight. I want to try and encourage somebody because God is moving. Amen. And very familiar passage. In fact, it's probably not been very long since I preached on this subject. 
And you, will, you can remain seated as long as you don't fall asleep on me tonight. Amen. Because I do have a big passage. Amen. But you know, I want to cover, I want to read it because I don't want to take for granted that everybody just knows this story in the Bible. Because sometimes we take for granted that everybody just automatically knows. And some people don't know. And that's just because they've not heard. So I'm just going to cover it. Amen. Pray that God speaks through me. I'm just a vessel. If I do anything that's not according to his word or, amen, not according to what my pastor would want, I don't even want to be up here because that's a mistake. John chapter 11, starting in verse 1, and then we're going to read through 6 and then skip to verse 17. John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Hallelujah. God is good. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. You know, I like how John specifies that because that was a very important Mary. That Mary was very important to Jesus. Verse 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Amen. Sister Bonnie, unless you just want to stand, you can, you can, you, you, I will give you permission to sit down if you want to. Amen. But you can stand. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, To glorify, amen, the Son of God. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So, He heard that Lazarus was sick. The situation, the Bible tells us and reiterates to us, was important to him. He loved Mary. He loved Martha. He loved Lazarus. These were people that he was very close to. Amen. But still, when he heard, the Bible said that he stayed in that place two days. Amen. Skipping to verse 17, it says, Then when Jesus came... He found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Somebody say four days already. Amen. And that was partly because Jesus just wanted to take his time. (laughs) Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. How many have questioned God? Lord, if you just had done it according to my schedule. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, thy brother 
shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. How many face in some situations in your life that you feel like they just might be destitute or maybe you just, just don't know the answer. You don't know how God's going to work it out. Why don't you talk to the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Why don't you speak to the one that can breathe life into your situation no matter what it is. Hallelujah. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He asked her, do you believe this? And she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So even though Jesus is asking if she believes, still in the back of her mind, she's like, Okay, yeah, I believe all this, but my brother's still dead. What you going to do about it? This, I don't understand. We, okay, I know you're the, the one that's coming. I know you're the one. You're the resurrection and the life. Okay, I believe that. But still, there's that doubt and that disappointment. Verse 28, and when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, The master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out. Followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, the same thing. If thou hadst just been here, my brother had not died. Amen. You know, I know it's not my brother laying in the grave, but I feel like knowing everything they knew about the resurrection and the life, they weren't giving him quite enough credit. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Such a great master, savior, calls himself the resurrection, the life. But yet he lays four days dead in a tomb. Where was he? Why could he not have done something? Could he not have worked out my finances when I needed him to? Could he not have healed my body? Could he not have filled my womb with that baby? Could he not have? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. And then Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he hath been dead four days. 
Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Literally, Jesus is repeating himself. He's reiterating to her, amen, justifying himself, if you will, validating himself, letting them know, listen, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I, I don't have to be here when you think I have to. If thou wouldest believe, he says, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Amen. God, he stinks. He's been in there four days. He stinks. Nobody wants to smell that. Keep the stone. What are you, what are you doing? Verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen. Man, you mean he did this miracle according to his time and his purpose and his way for the purpose of others believing? Verse 43, when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with gray clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And then many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Amen. And if you will, for a while tonight, I'm going to preach from this title, The Stench of Your Miracle. The Stench of Your Miracle. Amen. You see, like I said, the last few sermons I've preached seem to be on the topic of miracles and seasons and God's perfect timing and God just wants to stay in the same vein tonight, and, and I would, you know, we've heard so many sermons preached on this story of Lazarus, amen, I mean hundreds if not thousands, and people who are far more advanced than I am, and I'm not saying that to belittle myself, I'm just, some people have the ability to just bring out a story, just to be able to explain it, and just to really just bring it out and preach it and but, you know, I, I believe, Brother Chuck, that there was purpose. Amen. You see, God could have moved that stone by himself. All he had to do was speak the word and tell it to go. Amen. And when he spoke the words, Lazarus, come forth. When Lazarus came out of that tomb, I can just imagine that in our eyes he should have already had the grave clothes taken off of him. Amen. I said that, you know, we can imagine the miracles that Jesus performs, and I'm sure we could all just picture that he should have had those grave clothes because we're talking about the Savior of the world. We're talking about the one that 
turned water into, the, into wine, the one who healed the blinded eyes and unstopped the deaf ears and, amen, just did all these great miracles, amen, that nothing was impossible for him. And yet Lazarus comes forth still having his grave clothes on, amen. And I would tell you tonight that I can just imagine, if you will, with me, just imagine, amen, tonight because I think God went to the trouble of keeping his grave clothes on, amen. And I just would imagine, hallelujah, that there was probably still an odor that was attached to the body of Lazarus. Now, that doesn't sound too pleasant for any of us to think about. Amen. But Martha, amen, like to remind Jesus, Lord, he has been in the tomb for four days. Amen. What in the world are you doing? You know, he stinks. Amen. He's, he's, this is not going to be a pretty picture. Why do we even have to? Why do you... I believe really in her flesh she was saying, why do you even have to rub it in? Amen. It's already done. Do we have to belabor the point? Amen. He stinks. Amen. But God wanted them, amen, to get the full extent of what was happening. Amen. He wanted, amen, not just Mary and not just Martha, amen, and the Jews around, but everybody that was watching. He wanted them to see, amen, the full extent of the power of God. And, and when he said, Lazarus, come forth, he came out, amen, not just walking freely, but somebody had to loose him, amen, from the stench of the smell of those grave clothes. Amen. And I would tell somebody in the house tonight that's been struggling, amen, facing miracles, Amen. That have not yet come to pass. Promises that's been spoken. Amen. Maybe for years, months. Amen. Whatever the case may be. Amen. That there's an odor of unpleasantness or pleasantry or whatever the correct terminology would be that's attached to that miracle that stinks. Amen. There's a stench. Amen. That's attached. Amen. To your miracle. It's gotten to the point that some of you, amen, just despise even thinking about it. And amen. You just perturbed uh, amen even pondering about well lord uh, amen it's been spoken for so long lord you said you were going to do such and such lord i'm just beginning not to even believe that it's even going to happen it's just stinking Amen. Some of the miracles, amen, have such a foul odor that's attached to them because it's come with so much heartache and so much pain. And instead of just leaving it in the hands of God and thanking him and, and realizing that God has a perfect timing and he's got a perfect will, amen, and there's nothing that we could do, amen, to, to help him along. I'm not saying that we can't pray, and I'm not saying that we can't stay consistent, and I'm not saying that we can't thank God for the miracle, amen, but there's nothing physically that we can do, amen. We can't work beside Jesus and get out our special tools to help him do his job any better, amen, because my God is more than able, amen, hallelujah. I said he is more than able. He cannot lie if he said it's going to happen, amen. You better write it down, amen. There's nothing that you can do to help that miracle come out any better. In fact, when it happens, it's going to be so much greater than you could ever imagine. Uh, it's going to exceed any expectation uh, that you would have. Uh, and even though maybe it stinks now, amen, I'm going to tell you it's going to have such a sweet, uh, amen, scent to it. Uh, amen, because when God performs that which is thought to be impossible, amen, nothing compares, uh, amen, to the miracle. 
Amen. There's a, there's a, there's a smell. There's an odor. There's, amen. There's just a disgrace that's attached to some of your miracles. And amen. Some of you, amen, it's, it's caused you to grow bitter. It's caused you, amen, to grow, amen, just sour at God. And, and, and maybe the things that you once used to do for him, you no longer do. And Amen. Your faithfulness is not quite what it used to be. And, 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 and maybe some of your giving is not quite what it used to be. And, and, and the love that you used to have for others is not quite what it used to be. Because, amen, you're blaming God for things. Uh, amen. That's not his fault. Uh, amen. You're pointing your finger at him and saying, Lord, uh, you could have done this a little bit differently. Uh, you could have mended that relationship that was broken. Uh, amen. You, Lord, uh, amen, could have fixed a broken heart, Lord. Uh, amen. You could have saved my marriage. Amen. Maybe some of you lost a loved one too soon. And you point your hand at God and say, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Amen. But you need to read in the book of Psalms where, amen, David says, and the Lord, his ways are perfect. Amen. God does not fail. He does not make mistakes. He does not lie. There's nothing that he does that's not perfect. Amen. But there is such an odor that becomes attached Amen to those miracles that we think that God uh, should have already performed. Uh, amen. Because when we try to step in the way, uh, amen, of his will uh, and we. Amen. I talked about the GPS this morning. Amen. That I said I was so thankful for. Amen. The global positioning system. Uh, amen. That works off those great. Amen. Satellites that God gave people brains to design. Amen. I can't imagine all the technology we have in this day. Amen. But what happens when you're driving down the road? You're maybe you have a, a, a certain distance to go, and all of a sudden there's wrecks or there's traffic. Amen. And it's going to be backed up for a few hours. What will it say? Amen. It'll it'll reroute you, and it'll say there is a faster route available. Amen. There is a faster amen position available, and you can push that little button up on the GPS, amen, and it'll take you, amen, that different route. But the thing is, uh, what we've been trying to do is uh, we have been trying to reroute the plan of God uh, for our lives to make things happen faster than they're supposed to. Uh, amen, if we could just stand, you know, stand and see the salvation, that doesn't mean stand and do nothing. Amen. That doesn't mean stand idly and not worship and not be faithful and not serve God and not be consistent. Amen. That means stand. Amen. Have a firm foundation and know that God is getting ready to move. Know that God, amen, is not slack concerning that promise. Amen. That any day now, if you would just trust him, amen, trust his word and quit trying to get to that destination a little quicker. Amen. Just Set it on cruise control. You see, my wife and I, I'll try to say this, even though she'll probably go back and watch it again. Maybe I can say it and sneak it in before she gets back in here. But on the way down there, we couldn't leave until we didn't, we didn't even pick up the rental car until 1030 in the morning. And everybody knows Nashville, I mean, if it's lunch or anything, it's going to be rush hour. You're like, no way, we're going through Nashville. We're going to go around through Bowling Green. And on the way down there, I'm telling you, we took the scene. I really felt like I should have been paying somebody for the route we took. I mean, it was the scenic route. There were times where we were going 35 for, I'm talking, 
an hour. Amen. And, and I was just, I was like, Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. Amen. But we got there, and it was fine. And amen. Her stress level was exactly where it needed to be, and her blood pressure was exactly where it needed to be because we took those wonderful routes, amen, that didn't have to go through traffic and all that jazz. And on the way back, oh, she's coming. And on the way back, I said, honey, you know, I really think that if we leave, amen, just late enough, we could probably go through Nashville, save us anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, Amen. Still miss the traffic because it's going to be the right time. And, of course, we had the Honey, honey, you came in too soon. Amen. But, of course, we had the conversation, and she was like, no, we're not doing it. I don't, no, 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 no. We're not going to deal with the traffic. I'm not going to deal with the tense, you know, the tense shoulders and the, all that anxiety. And lo and behold, we get on the route. We're going the route she wants to go. And I'm like, whatever, it's okay. We left a little earlier than we talked about leaving. We're fine. And all of a sudden, Brother GPS pops up and says, faster out available. And it says it'll save you, what, like 45 minutes or an hour or something. And it was going to route us through Nashville like she didn't want to do. But, of course, you have to press yes or no. Well, I said, honey, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm fine. We're on the way. I'm not worried about it. Whatever. Well, we waited just long enough, and Brother GPS chose the option for me, and we still made it home an hour sooner than we were going to, and the traffic was fine, and we're allowed to tell you the story. Amen. For once, hallelujah, everything was okay. Amen. But we get it in our head that we can, we can do God's job better than he can. Amen. We're talking about the creator of the universe, the one who, amen, created life and, amen, the mountains, the seas, amen, the trees, everything that we see. He breathed the breath of life, amen, to, in, into existence. But we, hallelujah, can do his job better than he can because we get so impatient and so frustrated, amen, because we want things to happen right now. And when they don't happen right now, amen, we're pushing that button and saying, okay, God, amen, hello, hello, are you there? I need you to answer, amen, so I can tell you what you're doing wrong. And all along, God's saying, listen, if you'll just wait for my timing and my will, amen, to kick in, amen, I promise you, you're going to be like, man, that's so much better, amen, than I could have done. Amen, but I promise you, when you're waiting, when you're in that transition period, when you're between point A and point B in the middle, amen, of uh, just going and getting there. God says, listen, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Trust me. Amen. Just rest. I said it this morning. I just listen, I'm the rest which shall cause the weary to rest. Amen. I'm the peace. Keep your mind on me. I'll give you peace. Amen. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. The definition of stench is just stink. A characteristic, repugnant quality. Stink is to emit 
or emit, excuse me, a strong offensive odor, to be offensive, to possess something, amen, to an offensive degree, to be extremely bad or unpleasant. Stench. You see, sometimes, amen, even though our miracle becomes a stench, Amen. In our nostrils. If we're not careful, we can become a stench in the nostrils of God. Amen. Because we get so frustrated when we're supposed to be standing and waiting on God. Hallelujah. That we begin to compromise. Amen. And, and eventually we begin to find ourselves doing things that aren't even godly and amen, are not even written in his word. And amen, we, we begin to find ourselves going off course. Uh, amen. And we begin to become such a stench. When God said, listen, if you would have just waited, amen, you've heard the story of Daniel. I've said a lot about how Daniel decided to fast, and he was fasting, and he was on a 21-day fast, and, and it wasn't until the 21st day, amen, that the angel showed up and said, listen, we heard, amen, the prayer the first time. We heard the prayer the first time, but we, we had to do some fighting. We had to do some warring. Amen. Hallelujah. There were principalities that didn't want us to get to you because the devil don't want your prayers to be answered. Amen. But we heard your prayer the first time. Amen. But what if Daniel had said, listen, I'm just, I'm just going to give up after about a week. I'm going to give up, you know, I've done it about 14 days now, I, I'm, it's, it's good enough. Amen, no, it wasn't until the last day that he got his prayer answered. Amen, but you know, like, we're that microwave generation that I keep on talking about that, you know, if we don't pop it in the microwave and it's not ready in, in no less than five minutes, or no more than five minutes, uh, amen, then... Uh, it's not good enough. Amen. We want to go through the drive-thru and amen. And if we're waiting in line longer than two minutes, we're stomping our feet because they're just taking too long. Spoiled. 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 Amen. But let God do what he needs to do. Let God take care of the miracle. Let him, amen, perform. Amen. What he said he was going to do in his perfect timing and in his way. Because when he does it, it's going to be just that. It's going to be perfect. Notice that verse 45 says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Amen. Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. You see, I would tell you today that there was a lot more on, on, on the mind of Jesus than just Lazarus. Amen. Although he was very much so in love with, amen, uh, Lazarus and also Martha and Mary. Amen. Had a great connection to their family. There was so much more on his mind. Amen, because my wife spoke about it, God being so intentional. Amen. You see, let me use this example. Any of y'all heard the waffle and the spaghetti? 
men are waffles, women are spaghetti. Now, that's not true for everybody. It's definitely true for me. I'm a waffle. I'm just going to tell you. If you want to call me a square, I guess you can call me a square. I don't know. Uh, some waffles around, uh, whatever. Amen. What happens, women, when you, your husband comes in the door at the end of his day, his work day, they, you, you know, you come in and they ask you how your day is, and you're like, hey, it was great, it was fine, whatever. That's it. Oh, really? What did you do today? And anything interesting happened at work? And blah, 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 blah. Amen. Well, when you ask them something, for the most part, now this ain't everybody. I'm going to get in trouble. Hallelujah. Amen. I got a week left of vacation. We can make up. When you ask them something, I mean, it could be in your mind like a three-second answer. And an hour later, you're like, oh, so that's how your day was. But I would tell you that that's how God is because when you think that there's just this and this to take care of, amen, he's connecting every single dot in between and he is performing every intricate detail, amen, that needs to be taken care of. And I would tell you that some of you are being so selfish with your miracle that's becoming a stench in your nostrils, amen, that I would remind you that your miracle is not only, amen, going to be for your glory, amen but it's going to be for the glory of God amen and some amen might be saved just by seeming seeing the performance of your miracle then many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things which Jesus did believed because I'm going to tell you this this region amen they're fed up with church they're fed up I mean my goodness we're in a town of 19,000 people that has every religion known to man almost. I mean, there's Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. There's everything in, in, a, in a town of 19,000 people. People are sick of religion. And, and I would tell you today, what we have is not religion, it's salvation. Amen. But people are sick of it. Amen. And they're fed up and they've seen uh, so much happen and people who are supposed to be pastors and people who are supposed to be ministry and this and that and things happen and they they got hurt and, and whatever. Amen. People are sick. Amen. But they want the real deal. They want to see the signs and the wonders. They want to see the miracles performed. Amen. Because that's going to be the proof in the pudding that makes them believe. Amen. And when God heard the news of Lazarus that day, amen, he intentionally waited two more days because he said, I have a lost soul on my mind. Amen. There's a lost soul in the city of Madisonville. Amen. Maybe there's a backslidden family member. Amen. That's just waiting on God. Amen. To perform that miracle. Amen. So maybe there can be some spark of belief that rises back up within them. Amen. Let's quit being so selfish and thinking that the world revolves around us and that everything's just, amen, just everything is just all about me. Amen. Everything that happens. My wife had, had the women lay hands on their husbands. I'm telling you, husbands, every decision you make, it's not just affecting you, it's affecting your family. Wives, every decision you make, it's not just affecting you, it's affecting your family. Amen. You see, we, we, we're... 
I don't want to say we live in a generation because it's not just our generation. Amen. But people are so selfish. They get married and they don't want to let go of that selfish mentality, realizing that, amen, when you do get married, that those two become one flesh. And what does that mean? That means, listen, you're not just operating like it's your own. Amen. That means, amen, you have... We don't have children yet, but I have a wife that I have to think about everything I say, everything I do, every financial decision I make. Amen. Everything, everything. Amen. We're operating as a unit. Amen. And if it affects my, it's not just, I can't just say, hey, it's my finances. No, it's our finances. Amen. All your macho men who think you make big money and you bring home and you say, well, I'm sick of paying and I'm this and that. Amen. Listen, it's not your money. I don't care if you work. Amen. I'm sure they'd love to say, and they probably had this conversation. I'm sure a lot of you had this conversation. Well, I'd like to trade you for a day. How many's had that conversation? Hey, y'all sissies. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the value of a mom Amen. Who has to stay home and take care. I'm not talking about a mom who lets the TV babysit her children. Amen. I'm not talking about a mom who just hands a phone out and says, oh, here. Amen. I'm talking about a godly mom who raises and trains her children and teaches them godly principles. And amen. And gives them an education. Amen. And feeds them and washes them and really takes care of them. There's no comparison to that value. Amen. I was telling somebody there's been... A couple times and maybe a few times in our marriage that we've gotten sick together. It happens. I mean, sleep in the same bed, whatever. You get sick, you're both sick at the same time. Well, guess what? Who's still feeding me? If clothes need to be cleaned or sheets need to be washed because they got puked on, who's doing it? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. But yet we can be so selfish. Mama's job never ends. She can be sick and puking, but she's still taking care of the children. Selfish, selfish, selfish. Now, I try my best to help my wife. Amen. I'm not saying I don't do anything around the house. Amen. But her job never ends. Amen. Her job never ends. Hallelujah. If you would skip to verse John chapter 11, and uh, Brother Gary doesn't have this, but John chapter 11, verse 47, amen, goes on to say, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? Talking about Jesus. What are we going to do about him? And listen to what he says, For this man doeth many miracles. That's not all, though. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. If we let him alone, all men will believe on him. And here we are with our petty little issues and our little problems, and we're backed up in our little cry baby corner. Amen. And, 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 and I'm not saying we're, we don't have real issues. I'm not trying to belittle your issues, okay? Amen. But we, we're backed up, and we just want to give up on God, and we just want to lay at home and stay in the bed all day. And, and when God's saying, listen, amen, what, what if through your miracle there were 100 souls saved? 
What if God's just waiting, amen, for TAC to have the most visitors and attendance that they've ever had, amen, before he really has a miracle service, amen, so he can really prove his glory to those lost souls. And we're here worrying about how badly our miracle stinks. Amen, you see, because God is so intentional that he's not just worried about you and your need. Amen, yes, he loves you. And he's going to provide for you, and he's going to be faithful. And he, if he said it, it's going to happen. Amen. The ones who need the finances, amen, especially if you've given faithfully, his word cannot lie. Amen. I would tell you there are consequences for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Amen. But I would also tell you there are godly principles. Amen. Because there are people that don't believe this truth, amen, that pay a 10% tithing, and their businesses are blessed because of that godly principle. So God cannot lie. He cannot contradict his word. God has to take care of you. Amen. And it's going to happen. But let's get out of that selfish mentality that, that we're just worried about what we need. Amen. My wife and I, I'm telling you, we, we've cried a lot about a baby. We've cried a lot about, amen, things. Amen. But let me tell you something, as sad as it is, and as much as I want to hold my babies before God comes, and he can't lie, so it has to happen. But if it never happened, there's such a much bigger picture out there. How many souls can be saved? I started crying. My wife and I pulled up uh, Little, Little Rock, Arkansas, their service. With, um, it's uh, Brother Holmes' church. And they were having an all-nation service. And they were all dressed up in different out, outfits that represent different nations and and their church is just huge and phenomenal. Amen. But they would have different ones come on stage and sing in different languages and even children. And I was just crying watching. Amen. God wants to save this whole world. It's God's desire that not just Madisonville, amen, receives the gospel. Amen. But all of Hopkins County, all of Kentucky, all of the United States, uh, <coughs> excuse me, all of this world. And our heartbeat needs to start crying for the lost ones because I'm just going to tell you, amen, we better make sure we're ready. Amen. But there's ones that are going to be, amen, lost and burning and, and, and in torture for eternity if they find themselves lost when that trumpet sounds. And instead of worrying about the smell of the miracle that hasn't happened yet, we need to start focusing on, hallelujah, what's more eternally important. I mean, sure, I'll, I, want, I want my bills to be paid. But if we're broke for a little while on this earth, but we burn in hell for eternity, what, is it, what does it accomplish? What does it accomplish? Jesus. Amen. We need to ask ourselves, what value do we place on our miracle? Amen. And we should ask, Lord, amen, is there something that can come out of this waiting that I've been in? Is there something that can come out, amen, of this season, this season of patience and tribulation and crying and whatever that you've put me in, that's going to help somebody else. 
Is there something that I can do? Can my story help heal somebody else's wound? Amen. Can my barrenness, can my hallelujah, whatever, fill in the blank, can my story, can, be, can that be the thing that brings that prodigal home? What value do you place on your miracle? Jesus. Maybe it will be your miracle that cracks the hard shell of the unbeliever. Jesus. Mark chapter 5 and 24. Mark chapter 5 and 24. It says, and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Amen. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? You see, Jesus could have kept on going, and he would, have, he would have known, and the woman would have known, amen, that there was a miracle that took place. But Jesus wanted to bring attention to that miracle for the sake of the crowd. Who touched my clothes? Verse 31, and his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and saying, Thou, who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You see, we're talking about, we're not just talking about any issue. We're talking about an issue of blood. Bible calls it in Mark a plague. Amen. And what's significant about this? You see, this woman was fearing and this woman was trembling because she wasn't even supposed to be out in public. Amen. According to Jewish law, amen, it says uh, Jewish law declared her to be ceremonially unclean due to her bleeding issue. And this meant that she would not have been permitted to even enter the temple for Jewish religious ceremonies. According to the law, anything or anyone that she touched, not just her, but anything she touched, became unclean as well. And the fact that she was in the crowd pressing around Jesus means that each person who bumped into her would have also become unclean. So you can imagine, hallelujah, you can imagine how scared she was. You can imagine, amen, why she would have been trembling and, amen, the fear that she would have had knowing that, amen, she had exposed all these people. Amen, but she was desperate. Amen, I said she was desperate. What does the story tell you? Twelve years 
She had been dealing with this issue. I can imagine back then, I'm not trying to be grotesque and, amen, nasty, but back then they didn't have the feminine products and the, and the cleaning supplies and everything that we have this, these days. They didn't have all that. Amen, I can imagine that was a stinky situation. You see, her miracle that she needed literally had a stench to it. She became desperate. Amen. You see, some of y'all have been dealing with some things just long enough, but God is asking you, how desperate are you? How desperate are you for things to change in your world? How desperate are you for your family to be saved? Amen. How desperate are you for those relationships to be mended? Amen. How desperate are you? Amen. Are you willing to go out and do things, amen, that aren't, amen, supposed to be publicly, amen, correct? Amen. Are you willing, hallelujah, to put, amen, your pride on the line and, amen, and do some things that you've never done before for God to perform that thing, amen, that you've waited for so long that's just become a stench? You see, God, I said it at the beginning of the service. It's early. Amen. But I would open these altars. I said it at the beginning of this service, and I'll say it again. God is calling us to a deeper level of commitment. You see, no longer is mediocre going to be good enough. We can't just go through the same routines of little lay-me-down-to-sleep prayers. We can't just go through the same. God is calling us to a deeper level. And he would ask us that we would commit. But the thing is, some of us say that we're tired of waiting for the miracle. When in all reality, how how tired are you really? Are you just content with... Are you just content with going in the same cycles? Are you just content with waiting and complaining about something you're not willing to do anything about. Are you, can you be like the woman with the issue of blood where she wasn't even supposed to be out in society? But she knew if she could just touch Jesus. If she could just touch him. Come on, some of y'all who need breakthroughs in your families. You say that you want a breakthrough, but where's the proof in your actions? Where's the proof in the commitment that you want to increase? Where are the things that you're laying down for God? The sacrifices that you're making. Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website. 
we're doing it. We're trying our best. Praise God to put it all out. Amen. Out there on every platform we possibly can. Hallelujah. And I'm glad because the world, hallelujah, amen, needs to know that what I have, amen, is being filled with the Spirit, amen, can change their life. 